I don't know what happens next. Do you want to say some words? I'm going to say some words. Yeah. Welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Cinderella, a silent film from 1907. We're going to go ahead and call this the outdoor ball Cinderella because for whatever reason, they decided that the ball would happen outside in the nighttime in the dark. Yes, an interesting choice to say the least. So I could not find a lot of information about this Cinderella ahead of time. And I just have so many questions now that we've watched it. So I guess, I guess we should just sort of dive right in. So just to set the scene for you all, this is about 15 minutes. It's a black and white silent film. It's occasionally in color, but it's like hand colored. And they did not do that thing that most silent films I've seen do, where they give you title cards with what people are saying to each other. Nope. They just gave us kind of like two or three chapter headings to let us know what part of the story we were in in general. Uh, and not so many other hints about what was happening. So just a heads up, Liv and I might have slightly different interpretations. We did not communicate very much while we were watching this. We figured this would be a fight best had publicly in front of you guys, live. It'll be great. (laughs) So we open on the interior of a building. I have a lot of thoughts about the interior of this building. It's beautiful, for starters. It's a backdrop, but it's really well done. It looks like a real room. There's boxes and a fireplace and dishes and a door that's well carved. Everything's very lovely. But it's really weird because with the height that the door is, the ceiling has to be 20 feet tall. So it's just got a really weird vibe for how tall the ceilings have to be based on the fact that we don't see them, but how tall the door is. To me, it mostly looked like a stage. It did look very staged, but the backdrops looked good enough that I thought I was supposed to believe that I was inside. Mm. And so the lack of a ceiling really threw me more than it should have. You forgot something already. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Before the film starts for real, we get a title card that just says, The Invitation to the Ball. Oh yeah. Uh, all of the title cards are also like weirdly aggressive looking because the font isn't very pretty. It's just very, almost like a very basic computer font. Mm-hmm. And they're like in all caps and it just looks like they're yelling at you. And some of them have pictures of roosters, but then some of them don't. Yeah. The title cards in this were extremely strange. Regardless, we see Cinderella. She is asleep at the kitchen table. She has brown curly hair and a dress with little poopy sleeves and an apron over it and a little um, little maid's cap, little mob cap. It's really cute. This appears to be set in the 1780s based on what the step family wears. The outfits will sort of change as we continue, but it's sort of 1780s. So the fancy clothes are soft full skirt with sort of panniers and the traditional corset when you think of a corset and soft full sleeves that are like see-through and puffy and gently defined hair rather than like the tight curls and really weird styles of of earlier it's a little bit more soft a little more gentle with flowers and feathers and stuff there were a lot of choices made in this production 
and I don't understand most of them. Yeah, sometimes it feels like we're in a French Revolution movie, sort of just prior to the French Revolution, but then a lot of people are wearing sort of Gibson girl style dresses, which are very 1890s, 1900s, so very unclear. Anyways, Cinderella is drying dishes, her stepmother and stepsister show up. What? You thought she was drying dishes? Is she not drying dishes? Oh, I mean, I don't know what she's doing, but that's not what I thought. Well, she's holding a dish and sort of making circular motions on it at the table, so I, I assumed that she was drying it. Oh, I thought she was embroidering. She could also have been embroidering. That is entirely possible. She's holding a white circular thing and making motions near it with her hand. So she's either embroidering or doing dishes. <laughs> the step family shows up and they take things out of boxes and toss them on the table towards her. And they kind of shake her and take the thing out of her hands and, and then put it back into her hands and are generally being clearly sort of loud and aggressive. And then they sort of storm out. And then a dude shows up in a fancy-ish kind of brown coat. And at first I'm like, oh, it's weird that there'd be a servant this early. No, guys, this is her dad. This is the father. Yep. Yep. He just shows up and sort of, you know, pats her on the shoulder and tips her face up to, like, dry her tears, literally, from her face. And then he walks very excitedly to the door. And lets in a messenger. I have in my notes that the dad looks kind of like Stephen Fry. Oh, interesting. I could pick up no discernible features on anyone at any point, okay. And I have nothing to offer anyone in the Serena. Okay, that's fair. But the dad does go over very excitedly to the door. He seems like very jaunty about it. Mm -hmm. And then a different man is there. He's got kind of a uniform on it. And... Presumably, this is the invitation, since we got a title card saying the invitation. Yes. And the dad kind of gets really excited and starts dancing. And I don't know if he's doing a dance to demonstrate what the invitation is to, so that we know it's to a dance, or if he's just dancing because that's how he expresses excitement. I think that in all likelihood, he is dancing and capering about to show that this is an invitation to a capering about type of event. But I like your idea better. <laughs> so then the guy with the invitation kind of falls over backwards. And then he starts running, not through the door he came in, but off screen through another door. Mm -hmm. And presumably he announces that he's about to tell the step family because the father chases him. Yes. And then he falls over again and he imparts the information to the step family. They're very excited about this. They're sort of, they're swirling. Swirling is the word I've got. Just excitedly twisting and twirling. Everyone's kind of bouncing a little bit. They look very buoyant. They're very happy. Yes. Um, and Cinderella's with them, and she is jumping up and down. She's clearly excited. It looks like she might be clutching the invitation to her chest at one point. But then the stepmother and the stepsisters point angrily and she gets sent out of the room, and the music gets much sadder. Oh, okay, so what I thought was happening is that after the messenger gives this invitation and then falls over again and leaves just out of the porch window, I guess, Cinderella comes in front of her stepmother and begins to dance excitedly. I thought she was asking, like, oh, can I go too? I also want to go to the bouncy, bouncy place. And at that point, the step family is like, no, you can't go to the bouncy, bouncy event with us. This is a bouncy, bouncy event for fancy people. 
I mean, yes, that's what I think happened. But I think she thought she was going. Like, she wasn't asking permission. She was already invited, and it seemed like she was going. Oh, okay. It also seemed to me like the dad was trying to stop the messenger from going in the other room. Did you get that vibe? It happened really fast. Okay. I don't know. Possibly. The step family doesn't go, though. We don't see them at the ball. They don't go. That's a really interesting point. We don't see them at the ball. We don't. Or and if we, we don't do, see them leave for the ball. No, or if we do see them at the ball, we can't recognize them at all. I'm going to go ahead and assume they were at the ball. Okay. Because I can't, like, I can't operate in the reality in which they don't. Like, that doesn't... That's fair. That doesn't make any kind of sense. How am I supposed to move on with the story? Okay, cool. They they went there and we just didn't notice them. Great, 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 great. Great. So Cinderella's back in the kitchen and she collapses on the desk very dramatically crying. And then a lot of weird things happen very quickly. Mm-hmm. There's a box attached to the wall. It looks almost like a chest of some kind. I peeked at an IMDb summary and got as far as the fairy godmother comes out of an ice box. So I assume that's an ice box. But it's not the fairy godmother that comes out of it. No. There's just some sort of bearded acrobatic man in a dark suit with kind of what might be a jester hat. And he starts cavorting and frolicking and capering around and mostly like very low to the floor. So it's very unpleasant. What yes. do you think that was? My note just says rat goblin appears from icebox cinderella is terrified he later turns into a servant so i'm assuming that he is either a rat or a mouse he's wearing sort of leggings like a full body suit and again capering around on his hands and feet and doing somersaults and sort of grabbing at cinderella and bouncing back and forth and she's she's responding very appropriately with just horror this is really scary It was unpleasant to watch, and I feel like for Cinderella, it was an unpleasant and frightening experience. It reminded me of the clock genie in the Cendrillon one from George Millier one, but worse? Yes, I did find him more unpleasant. Yes. He seemed more sinister. He did. Also, he was there a lot more, and he interacted with her physically, which was very upsetting. The clock genie sort of appears and and gesticulates. This this guy just was in her physical space. It made me very unhappy. Yeah. But then, good news, the fairy godmother appears. She is dressed in a very 1890s kind of way, uh, or early 1900s. She looks very statuesque, very Athena-like, long dark hair that's just sort of loose, almost pre-Raphaelite, but not not quite. Kind of pagan goddessy. Yeah. Or like forest lady vibe. Yeah, but very stern. She does not appear super approachable. No, but she's wearing a lot of very flowy things. Yes. So she she waves her wand, and eight people in robes appear out of nowhere in a line going out of the balcony door, I guess. And they are pantomiming passing something from one person to the next person, the way you would sort of do a, a water bucket brigade if there was a fire, but delicately. But there's nothing there. They're waving their arms in the air, and it does look kind of like maybe they're supposed to be dancing and like gently swaying together, but they're all out of sync. I could not for the life of me figure out if they were meant to look like they were passing something down the line, or if they were just dancing poorly. Okay, so I'm I'm pretty sure I know what was happening here. 
because oh. then they they're all in the room and then they start sort of moving their hands all together weirdly and a big string appears in it that sort of looks like a, a long string of sausages but it's it's cloth but it's string like and it gets I think in this it's big... just like a rope it's just the rope yeah they're sort of tangling it or tying it in like a large loose knot and then suddenly it's a big dress so here's my thing they took it from thread which was nothing to a big rope and to cloth so this was their way of demonstrating to us that they were taking materials that we couldn't see and transforming them into something we could see through their angel intestine rope magic okay i didn't get that at all but you sound confident so i'm just gonna go with it so there's another movie from the 30s that i really love where a bunch of little fairies make a, a headdress train thing out of spider webs and nothing and they do it in very similar motions so i i feel like this was a thing i mean we've seen that in the cinderella where she has to put on like the magic glasses before she can see the thread is there yeah i i'm willing to go with it okay so it, it turns now into this huge cloth just thing it's just a big cloth thing there's no indication that it's clothing of any kind and there's a little display behind it it's like a booth there's like a curtain situation happening it's almost like a miniature stage curtain yes but like display size mm -hmm. and then smaller people show up like children and this is the point that we realized that they were angels because the children are wearing little brown wooden angel wings and they run around cinderella she's wearing this really beautiful 1870s dress it's got all these frills and these loose see-through sleeves and soft skirt and like beautiful hair although it's in a wig now which means it's white when it used to be brown and I completely lost track of who she was and I, I really wish they wouldn't change the color of her hair it's really upsetting for me I would also like to put in a formal request that movies not do that mm -hmm. really it was hard. just as bad as the time that the prince wore a wig sometimes oh that was so hard yeah and I just couldn't handle it so the dress has just this beautiful train and she has a feather in her hair and it's just, is absolutely gorgeous. This dress is wonderful. I really loved it. The silhouette was incredible uh -huh. and it transforms as she's kind of turning around. It's really good. While the little angel children like lead her around in a circle. Uh -huh. So it's a very smooth motion of transition. I just, I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. It was fantastic. So the fairy godmother now leads Cinderella into the next room and the terrifying mouse goblin guy follows them, somersaults forward, and as his somersault ends, he stands upright and he is now a footman wearing fancy footman clothes. At which point I realized, oh, he was probably supposed to be a rat. I still remain unconvinced that he's a rat. I mean, he could be a mouse. I think he's a demon of some sort. Look, I'm not convinced that he's not a demon. Okay, I just, for the record, I believe he's a demon. We have little angel guys. That's true. And then he picks up two pillows from a nearby chair and puts them on the ground. And then those pillows become more servants, but this time they're musicians with violins. And the music changes now as the violinists begin to play the violin. You would possibly expect that the music would be violin music, dear listener. It's not piano music. Piano music changes very suddenly to indicate that it is supposed to be them playing. But it's a piano. Doesn't sound like a violin at all it didn't even bother me at all until you said something it bothered me so much 
because so often silent films are they just put music behind them which is great but you get to do that literally in post because it's a silent movie you don't do it at the same time there's no reason they couldn't have had a dude with a fiddle nearby to play like some Bach for a second anyways sorry that's just a me thing well I think at the time it was like a live they could have had a dude with a fiddle fiddles existed okay okay you're right they had already invented those. <laughs> uh, so the guy that used to be the creepy little goblin man who is now a footman? I guess. A coach driver of some kind? He's just a fancy servant man. Mm-hmm. Let's say a butler. He's a butler. Sure. Okay. So former creepy jester man turned butler starts dancing with Cinderella, who, by the way, has to grab her skirt and kind of toss it out of the way yes. and also kick it out of the way several times during this because she is not used to wearing a very long, very fancy dress. That is literally how you move in those dresses, though. There, there are whole schools of movement for how you kick your train out of the way because it's just a lot of fabric. That's a real thing. Well, she didn't look like she was doing it on purpose. Okay, that's fair. She looked more like she was in the middle of tripping and then saved herself. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, he's giving her what appear to be like dancing lessons, but also just how to be a princess lessons, which means this is kind of like the Princess Diaries. Oh my god, it is. Unless they're just pre-gaming. Unless they're just having a party before the party. I'm pretty sure that's her driver. Yeah, no, it is. I, I You're right, this is a Princess Diaries Cinderella. All right. We're not done yet, though, because the fairy godmother comes forward, and I have sprinkles a circle of salt. I have that a square-shaped item appears on the floor, and then it's transformed into more guys. But I don't know what the first object was, and they did make the object appear, and then the guys. Yeah, I also have no idea what the square object was. The fairy godmother definitely leans forward and sprinkles something on the ground. I think it's salt because I thought that she came out of a salt box instead of an ice box initially. So I thought it was salt, which goes with our like what summoning. What does salt do? Why not fairy dust? Because it, salt makes demon circles and then the demons can't come in to your salt circle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Something happens, we get a square, and then we get two more servants. And then candelabras appear in their hands, and they're holding candlesticks with candles, which we couldn't figure out what those were. No, not at all. So the two guys end up being footmen, and they stand right in front of the two fiddle guys we already had. Mm -hmm. And then when they move next time, the two fiddle guys aren't there. And we never see them again. Did they get turned back into cushions, or did they just, like, make a run for it? Maybe they're the ones that get turned into the horses, because we never see what gets turned into horses. Oh, boy. Well, they definitely are, like, not on the screen anymore. And at first, I assumed they just left, like, to the right where they were standing, but, um, not convinced. I didn't even notice. My mind is blown now. I'm, now I just, oh, I don't know. Anyways, so they they lead Cinderella outside, which we were delighted by because we've had a lot of carriages happen in the middle of a building. So we were real happy that we got definitively led to the exterior. Absolutely. We also get another title card, and it just says, Return Before Midnight. No quotation marks or anything. Nope. And this is the one that has roosters on it Mm -hmm. for 
for some reason. They're like little designy outline silhouette roosters. No other detailing or why design. Why? Why roosters? Roosters are a dawn thing. Yeah, I don't know. They showed up a couple more times. I don't think they were specific to that sign. I think they were like, wow, this looks kind of menacing. What have we got that can jazz it up a little? And they came up with roosters. Mice would have made sense. Little mice, like, okay, Cinderella has a mice motif. That's cool. Little, little clocks. A little anything other than roosters. So, so when they're outside, everything is blue tinted, mm-hmm. which was very cool. Yeah, I like the blue tinted nighttime. So there's a pumpkin just mm-hmm. hanging out in the middle of the road. And then the fairy godmother does her thing and it turns into a carriage. And this is a beautiful transformation because it almost uncurls. They must have used like claymation or stop motion of some kind to do it. But there's multiple transition images before it becomes this beautiful ornate carriage. Yeah. So up until now, most things have just gone from existing to not existing or vice versa. They just poof in and out from one frame to the next. But this one, it's so beautiful. It's extremely ornately carved. It's a big open top, open carriage. It's just covered in carvings. It's super Rococo. It's gorgeous. This is the best carriage we've ever seen, like hands down. Absolutely. And then the camera pans a little bit and you see that there's horses already attached to it. So the horses are either part pumpkin or Liv is right and the two fiddlers from before have continued their magical transformation and have entered a new stage of life. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So the carriage drives off. We watch it go for a while. Like we watch it go all the way down to the end of the driveway. It also is always right in the corner of the screen. Yeah. Because the camera's not panning quite fast enough to keep it in the center of the shot. So it always looks like it's about to drive off and then we shift a little and it's still there and then it's almost done and then we shift a little and it's still there. And we just do that for a while. For a long percentage of the movie, given that this thing was only 14 minutes and 40 seconds long. That's a big percentage of the movie if you, you cast it forwards. And then... We arrive at the palace gates, the palace gates. We don't see the palace. No. The property, the grounds. We arrive. So we see a couple of carriages come in, and then Cinderella's carriage comes in, and a servant, I assume, from the palace comes up to Cinderella and leads her down from the carriage. And then there's a little battalion of soldiers armed with pikes. Mm-hmm who just marched past following them inside for no reason. I think they just had those guys and were like, oh man, we already paid for them. We got to put them on something. That would make a lot of sense. So my note goes, and the soldiers follow them inside. Nope, not inside. This is an outdoor picnic. Yes. I have outdoor ball, question mark, in the night, question mark. Yeah, this this is baffling. So it's in this beautiful park, very lush grass, big old beautiful trees but they're sort of in a big clearing so it's not shady this again is all filmed with a big blue tint over it but it's very clearly a bright sunny day with blue over it there are no evidence of candles or torches or anything that would emit light at all i think maybe it's a full moon and they're having some sort of pagan ritual oh sold sold It's an occult society. I'm absolutely here for this. 
So a man with a dark coat and a dark tricorn hat bows to Cinderella, and there's another younger man with light, long, sort of floofy hair and floofy clothes near him, and the guy in the dark coat bows to Cinderella, and she curtsies, and he takes her by the arm and leads her around the grass. As various big people, circle. Big circle, as various people bow to them. I'm pretty sure this is the king. I don't think it's the king. I don't understand why the king would be doing that. Me neither, but I'm pretty sure it's the king. If he's the king, why isn't he wearing a crown? Why is he holding a hat? He's got a Shouldn't big... he be wearing the hat? Who would a, he take his hat off for? The biggest hat. It's, it's a tricorn hat. It's big. But he's not wearing it. He's holding it. Because he's at a gathering, and it would be rude to wear... It's actually rude to wear hats in the presence of ladies. So that's why he's not wearing it. Because it would be rude. Okay, I don't understand. He might be the king. I don't have a better answer for who he is. I just did not think he was the king when I was watching it. It didn't even occur to me. Well, I was pretty sure that the young floofy guy following them is the prince. And I can't think of a single person that the prince would follow around like a puppy, except for the king. See, I spent the first chunk of the ball thinking that the guy in the dark coat with the hat was the prince because he was the one doing things. Yeah, no, I could see how that'd be easy and to then, fall for that. And then when the prince started dancing with Cinderella, I was like, oh no, that's the prince. Who is the other guy? Who and that's where we're at right now. Maybe he's like the evil regent uncle. Oh, I like that. Okay. So the king, or the evil regent uncle, leads Cinderella towards the back of this picnic. And a group of people come forward to do a minuet. And it's very robotic. They look like puppets. If you told me that this was a very well-done group of marionettes, I would believe you. The costumes are so pretty, though. The costumes are so well done. They're the right length. They have really interesting patterned fabric and bold stripes and dark bows with light-colored fabric, which was totally a thing at the time and looks really good. Uh, And they just do the sort of step-kick, step-kick, curtsy-curtsy, turn-around, step-kick, step-kick thing. It's very... hilarious because... They're very little, like, they don't get above, like, a couple inches off the ground, and their toes are all pointed, and they're just very fast, and they look very silly. It does look very silly. I also really like about the costumes that all of the women had different silhouettes in their dresses. You could tell that it wasn't the same dress over and over again in different patterns. They were actually wearing different outfits, which I always appreciate. Agreed. Yeah, the costumes were really impressive. I have several notes about it. But then the little marionette dance is done, and the dark-coated fellow leads Cinderella to the center of the dot-dot-dot grass. You guys, it's not even, like, a garden, or, no, like, it's not curated in any way. It hasn't been groomed in any way. This is just wild nature. I mean, this is, like, a fancy park in the sense that it's, well-kept grass and big trees at sort of a distance so like a golf course but with big trees instead of sand traps yeah like wild outdoors (laughs) okay okay so the prince at this point comes up to cinderella and bows to her and she curtsies to him and they have a bowy curtsy dance as they walk around each other and they both gesticulate to their own ankles a lot Yes, while looking at their own ankles, and Mm -hmm. it's very like, oh, look at this ankle. Isn't this a great ankle? I have good ankles. They both have very nice ankles. They do, they do. 
But then we get the midnight chime because we've just been listening to sort of cheerful piano music in the background this whole time. This midnight chime is terrifying. It's so creepy. It's this high, jarring, discordant piano chord. I didn't count how many there were because I just badly wanted it to stop because it was deeply upsetting. It was like if the psycho theme was played on piano and was also a clock. It was very, like, menacing, very just bad. Sounds wrong. It did successfully change the mood from I'm having a good time to oh no, I'm very worried about something now. So I think it did a good job of what it was supposed to do. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Also, when the clock starts chiming, Cinderella and the prince are in the process of the prince getting down on one knee and kissing her hand. Which I thought was very cute. Their dance was very short. It was. They bowed to each other a couple of times. They did like two circles and then he got down to kiss her hand and then bam, it was time to go. She spent way less time with the prince than with the guy in the dark coat who was leading her around. Yeah, that was that was a weird choice for the movie. So she runs away, and at this point, I was like, oh, this is a great reason for her to lose her shoe, because she's running across grass in heels. This is brilliant. Nope, that's not what happens. She runs into the castle. We now get to see the castle. We also get another title card that says The Lost Slipper. And I don't know about you all, but that was the least needed title card of the movie. I could figure that part out. I had questions about some other parts. I disagree. I think that the next title card, which is going to be The Lost Princess, is the least needed. But I agree that this one was also supremely unnecessary. I mean, this is literally like Cinderella. That's the one thing that I knew was going to happen. And I could interpret that. This was kind of like watching a ballet, Mm -hmm. where it only makes sense if you already know the story. Yes. This is definitely aided by the fact that we already know what's supposed to be happening. And not even every time. Like, I still have questions. Oh, I have so many questions. So, including right now. So she goes into the castle, and there is a statue in the room that she's in of an angel playing a harp. And she runs into the room. On, like, this big pedestal rock thing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of very high up. Yep. And the angel turns into the little rat goblin man. I'm telling you, he's a demon. It was very, all of a sudden we were in the Doctor Who Don't Blink uh, Weeping Angels universe, and I was really upset about it. I don't like it when statues do things, I will say that. No, not not at all. And she appears to be pleading with this demon, but he laughs and turns her dress back into rags, and then real quick turns back into the statue of an angel as she runs off presumably now leaving a shoe, although they don't tell us that or show it to us or focus on it in any way. A shoe is found later, so presumably that is what happens. Yeah. So the prince and the courtiers, I think mostly the king at this point, run into this room and find the shoe and decide that they should follow her with the shoe. It appears that everyone who is at the party has now joined this procession Mm -hmm. because it's the most interesting thing that's ever happened at a party. Evidently, yeah. So we we see Cinderella, and she's back in her poor clothes with her little maid cap and her little apron and her little, you know, puffy sleeve dress that looks poor. And she's running down this dirt road. Again, blue filter. It is theoretically the middle of the night. And the little demon man appears again out of nowhere in a puff of smoke to scare her. And 
leap about at her and grab her arms and sort of tug her forwards. He pesters her is what I have in my notes. It was really scary. And then just poops away. And the prince and the rest of the court come just strolling down the lane. They're just ambling. They're having a nice little meander. This is, by the way, the solution for the princess portion. We got that title card a little bit ago. Yeah. We then get a really strange shot. We're on a road, and we can see Cinderella running completely out of breath. The entire procession is maybe 100 feet behind her. If that. If that, maybe 50 feet. Real close. We can see both Cinderella and the procession in the same shot, and like we can see Cinderella's face very easily. So They're right behind her. So she sort of collapses against a wall, like a street wall or a bridge or some sort of little low stone wall, just out of breath, just panting. And what I think happened is that the procession approaches her and the prince bends down to speak with her from his horse. He's on a horse now. He wasn't on a horse a second ago, but he's on a horse now. And I think that they ask her if she's seen the princess because they sort of bend down and talk to her. She makes sort of hand wavy motions and then the prince bows and she appears to jump forward as though she's going to try to speak to him, but then there's people in her way. And then she waves goodbye or else gets thrown to the side and then goes home. But I think they asked her, do you see the princess? And she's like, no, I didn't see the princess. And they're like, okay, well, bye then. So that's what I think happened. I like that a lot better when the prince asks somebody else, like a guard, did you see a princess run past here? And they don't say yes because they saw a servant girl. Works better that way. I like that a lot more because it's also like an honest mistake. Yeah. Uh, This was weird. They definitely seem to be asking her something. Mm -hmm. But they also don't seem like they're being nice to her. She Mm -hmm. seems scared and she seems uncomfortable. And then they just turn around and go back in the direction from which they came. Yeah. So whatever she said or did sent them back. I guess. Which I don't know why. If they thought that the princess was going down that road, why wouldn't they keep going down that road? Especially if they thought she was in the carriage. I have no idea. Literally, I'm baffled. Because it it looked for a second like they they turn away from Cinderella and she sort of flings herself forward as though she's going to say, like, it's me, I'm the princess. But there's too many people in her way and they're sort of shoving her or she's getting aggressively jostled. It was a really weird scene. I think you're putting a lot more into it than can support it, just based on what I saw. But I like your version a lot more. If I was going to do a really thorough job, I would just watch this again on half speed and just pay super close attention. But again, I have no idea. Anyways, Cinderella gets home through a side door, and when she goes back inside to cry at her table, I have that she dejectedly stomps her feet. I have that she's crying into her apron. She does the thing where she picks up the apron from the bottom and uses it as a handkerchief. It's pretty cute. It was adorable. She, like, looks at her feet a couple of times and then goes back to crying, which I I assume means she's sad about losing one of the shoes. I guess. She looks like she's done crying, and then she looks at her feet and it makes her cry again. Oh, she's looking at her feet. I just had that she was just sort of petulantly stomping her feet. Looking at her I feet makes much more sense. I looking at her feet. That makes a lot more sense. I bet she was looking at her feet and not stomping them like a child. I mean, listen, who can say? Who knows? So something real weird happens next, Talon. What, uh, what do your notes say? Uh, dad question mark and step family question mark. 
come to her are they consoling her question mark question mark all of them question mark question mark question mark it's very confusing it appears to me that the stepmother and stepsisters and also the father burst into the room they all kind of go around her mm-hmm. and there's movement so maybe they're telling her oh we were at the ball there was a beautiful princess we had such a great time maybe that's what's happening and then the stepmother and stepsisters leave and the father stays a little longer and continues like hugging her and like kisses her on the side of her forehead and then he leaves well one of the things that the stepmother does which confused the ever-loving daylights out of me is she picks up cinderella's face like she puts her hand under cinderella's chin and sort of pulls her face up a little bit and then gives her either a like mother's loving caress on the side of the cheek like oh i cupped your cheek for a second poor child you're so sad or she hits her on the side of the face really gently it's like a come on stop being a wimp i thought she hit her on the side of the face okay I have no idea, but it's very light. It's not, normally if you get a slap in a silent movie, you get a big, like, kawomp with a big right. thing. Cinderella does not react to it one way or the other. No, th- this was very much like, th- like, a- Italian people smack each other in the face kind of too hard to be nice, but it's not an angry slap. It's like a hearty cheek clap. It's a weird thing. Italian dudes do it. I don't know why. Okay. So I... maybe it's that. I think it's got to be a slap, right? Why would why would I, she caress her? I have no like, idea. To taunt her? Maybe she's taunting her cuz but she bends down and it looks like they've sort of got her their arms around her. Like it looks like they're all consoling her. It does look like they're all consoling her. But that doesn't I, make any sense. We have seen that kind of that mercurial temperament where I care about you, I'm angry at you, especially in ever after. Yeah. Well, then, well, I mean, Houston. We did also get that in Ashton Puchels when the stepmother was nice to her in the father's presence. Oh yeah. So. We might be adding more layers to this than there are. We are definitely overthinking this. Anyways, everybody leaves, and Cinderella clasps her hands together and prays towards the ice box, clearly for the fairy godmother. But then she puts her head down, and goes to sleep. I guess. So the fairy godmother appears see-through and very Athena-like. Not from the salt box or the ice box where she came before. She just sort of appears. In the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And she walks to Cinderella and sort of puts her hands above the sleeping girl. Like, oh, my child. And then she takes her wand and she gestures towards the wall above the fireplace. And walks across the room and sort of crouches down and then disappears in a puff of smoke. And then the wall literally explodes, physically striking Cinderella. Yes. Chunks of the wall blow in all directions, but the biggest chunk of it falls and tips onto Cinderella's chair. And, like, you can see it move her. Yeah, it it hits her. For what it's worth, she stays completely still, pretending that this doesn't happen, even though there's now a big piece of what I sincerely hope is foam on top of her. And we were really, we had to work with twice. Plaster and wood. (laughs) My God, I hope not. So we had to watch this twice. And the second time I had a little bit more sense of what's going on. I think the fairy godmother is showing us what's happening in the palace. And this is the only way that they figured 
to show us that while Cinderella's sleeping, stuff is happening elsewhere. I think that has to be it because it does look like the stuff that's happening on screen through the broken wall. It looks like it's physically taking place in the next room, mm -hmm. but it appears to be the palace background. Yeah. So I'm pretty so, sure. Yeah. But why did a wall have to break? Why couldn't the wall just disappear? That would be much more obvious that they're just seeing something that's happening somewhere else. The or wall physically blew up. It Literally, it exploded. It was incredibly jarring. But anyways, what we see through this demolition hole, sorry, yes? <laughs> I was literally about to say demolition Cinderella. <laughs> demolition Cinderella. That's great. I love it. <laughs> okay, disregard. Sorry. <laughs> so... We, we can see the, the castle now, and I think that what's happening is the prince is throwing a tantrum, and all of his butlers and servants, and possibly the king, are following him around trying to console him, because he's just mad at everybody and gesticulating wildly until a servant runs up from off-screen and appears to give him good news. I assume that it is, we found a shoe, but they don't give us I thought, a card. I thought he was clutching the shoe to his chest. And oh. also, like, having a fight of some kind. And then I thought it was a physical, like, a physical fight. I it looked like he was smacking people around and, like, that he kicked someone at some point. I, it looked like he was just throwing a toddler tantrum. And then he sort of collapses in a super mopey <laughs> kind of way and then leaves. And then the king, or whoever he is in the dark coat, is very worried and sad. And then the wall sucks itself back together. Yes. They play the footage of it blowing up in reverse, and it's very, like, whoop. It's very cool. I was... I really liked it. I really I liked that. Cool. Yeah, I think it definitely was a good payoff for the shock of the wall exploding. And then, yeah, what, what do we say, Talon? What do, you, what do you think this is? Oh, great, great. I'm so glad you asked. So, we are outside. And it appears to be a very big street, and people are just hanging out in the middle of the street in a very picturesque assembly. The way that they're all seated is very, like, we're posing for the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. I think it might be a picnic. They appear to have a fur of some kind thrown down on the ground, but they're sitting on chairs. And there's, like, a fancy lady who has long hair and seems to be partially mobilized by her outfit and jewelry. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, a less fancy, fancy lady, and then there's a bunch of fancy-looking men. I think they're having, like, a chill picnic. Okay. In the middle of the street. Okay. What do you, what do you think? I think that this was supposed to be someone ethnically diverse, because I think that they're having a picnic. I agree. We see a very fancy lady with long hair, immobilized, and she's sort of surrounded by maidservants, like, young maidens. But they're, they're dressed very 1910. They're dressed very Art Nouveau. Mm -hmm. And the men that are sort of lined up behind her have shields. And they are wearing helmets that have the little spiky bit on the center. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, so I think that this is supposed to be like a Turkish princess. You think he went to see a neighboring princess and was like, did you go to my party last night? Well, I think this is supposed to be the like, well, we searched all the princesses that we could find, and none of them were her. They try the shoe on her, it doesn't fit. 
the girls are very frustrated that they have to leave their nice pose and then they immediately return to their nice pose position for the camera. But they the like next... take the chairs away and then put the chairs back. It's great. It's very funny. Maybe they're all posing for having their, their portrait painted. Oh, maybe. Okay. That would make a lot of sense. Okay. Noise, yes. But I still think it's a princess for story reasons because the next scene we see the shoe procession approach a goose girl who is herding her little geese and chicken flocks and they show up and they have her try on the shoe and it doesn't fit and she thanks them and then starts to cry okay this is where i would have appreciated more title cards me too because like they could have done a title card that said all the neighboring kingdoms yeah and then another title card that said and then also all the servants all the women in the kingdom yeah yeah or they should have showed us multiple instances of each one so that we could understand what they were doing. Also, I love when there's, like, a lot of different princesses. I'm such a sucker for that. Oh, they yeah. could have had, like, multiple different princesses. Yeah, princesses on parade would have been a fun thing to try. But we cut back to the house now, uh, to Cinderella's house. And I have him in my notes now as the Grand Duke because his coat changed color, so I don't think this is the king. Yeah, I think it's got to be someone else, but he looks like he's the same guy. He looks like he's got the same build and he's wearing the same style of coat. It's just like a light brown instead of a dark blue. I, I assume that this is brown and blue. This is, again, a black and white for now. Yeah, I was going to say, where are you getting this from? Just from the shades of gray and from the colors that I know were used at the time. Okay. So I, I think that one of the coats was sort of a, either a light gray or a light tan and the dark one was blue. So... They arrive, and they're in the parlor where the stepmother and the stepsisters and the father are hanging out, and one stepsister rushes to a chair to try on the shoe, and in the process, she falls off the chair, and then the stepmother pushes the other stepsister in the other chair, and she tries on the shoe, and I don't understand what silly thing happened to her, but she looks like she's sliding around in it despite sitting down the entire time. Yep. They're just embarrassing stepsister shenanigans. I have that the first stepsister appears to be actually played by a man, which was a pretty common comedy beat at the time. Like, there will be several Cinderella's where the stepsisters are just played by dudes for, for comedy reasons. I didn't notice that. That's Look, so I, funny. I didn't even notice. I won't swear to it, but it really looked like the first stepsister who was taller is played by a guy. Huh. I was just trying to keep track of where the shoe was. Yeah, the shoe is hard to keep track of. They never really prominently display it. Oh, but the guy carrying the shoe around, some sort of page boy or whatever, mm -hmm. he's not carrying it on a pillow. He's oh, carrying no. it on like a curtain that drapes down over the sides of his arms almost to the ground. Or like a giant fur. It's, it's insane. I don't know what that article is, but it's, I don't know why they didn't just go with a pillow. I mean, pillow's classic, but this was interesting. It sure was. So. What I think happens next is that the shoe trying on Brigade asks, you know, are there any other girls in the house? And the step family says, no, no, there's, there's nobody else in the house. And the dad is like, yes, there is. She's in there in the kitchen. And then leads them excitedly through the doorway to Cinderella, who is still at the kitchen table trying. I thought that there was definitely some sort of disagreement happening, mm -hmm. but I thought it was more that the palace people were trying to leave. And the father was like, no, you have to come back. There's one more person. Oh, okay. That would also make sense. And it would make sense with the stepmother being nice to her in the father's presence or nice about her in the father's presence. 
I'm very confused about this whole family dynamic. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, boy. So am I. What if that's not even her stepfamily? What if that's just her, like, mom and two sisters? Or what if she's, like, the illegitimate daughter, and that's why she's in the uh, in the kitchen? Because, like, the father still cares for her, but she can't be part of the real family because she's wow not his wife's child. Yikes. Oh, that's fascinating. I want a Cinderella now with her. Never mind. Never mind. Moving on. So they try the shoe on Cinderella. And it fits. And then they take the shoe off of her and put her own gross shoe back on. Yes. Because uh-huh. now she has to walk to the palace. Yes. The, the stepsisters are shocked. They're very, they're acting very surprised. And they lead Cinderella away. And we're in color now. Now the movie's in color. It is not in color the way that the Wizard of Oz is suddenly in color. It is in color in the sense that somebody hand-painted in, like, watercolors or something on top of the film. So certain outfits have been color-coded for us. Yeah. Random people, though. I mean, the the prince. But then just a couple of other people. Not their faces, so nobody is flesh-colored. Right. Um, but the, some of the clothes have colors now. And the cloth-hanging display thing over the throne is also cloth of gold. So it's it's colorful now, too. I didn't find it helpful. I was very distracted by it. But then when I got to see Cinderella's dress in color, I was very into it. Likewise. So she comes in led by, I'm going to go ahead and call this guy the Grand Duke, I guess. Okay. And leads her up to the prince in her poor clothes. I don't know what happens here. She's led to the prince. The prince approaches her and then appears to make sort of negative motions with his hands. But then he takes her hand and spins her, and now she's in a beautiful dress. She has another spin transition. And it's the same dress, and it's this beautiful, soft, like, petal pink. Mm-hmm. So pretty. God, it's pretty. Also, her original outfit was light blue, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, me, me neither. So, yeah, I got a very similar read. So, it looks like Cinderella comes into the palace, and there's a lot of excitement, and the people that brought her to the palace are like excitedly pointing at their feet. So I think they're telling the prince that they found the princess. And then when Cinderella is pushed forward, he seems disappointed. Mm-hmm. And he does seem like very negative. He, he seems to be sending her away. But then he does take her hand and he does spin her and her dress does appear. So maybe the prince has been magic all along. Who knows? He then leads her back to the throne through the throng of people. And we get the weird minuet dance again. It's in color this time. The clothes are so pretty in color. And then a bunch of people appear while this dance is going on in the very back of the throne room. And they're holding, it turns out, that they are holding decorative staffs with flowers at the top. They're like banners wrapped around. Yeah, they're just those decorative things. But here's the thing, guys. They look like emus because they're black and white initially. And I was like, did a whole bunch of emus just show up in the back of the Cinderella? What in God's name is happening? But no, they're flowers on staffs. So when those guys appear on screen, they're on screen for like five seconds. And then the screen goes to black. And then that's the end. So, so yeah, so the people in the staff come forward. It's after this minuet dance ends. They come forward and in a line of colored pastel dudes in now 13th century page boy outfits they just sort of do a very staid step kick, step kick, conga line. And then cut to black, we're done. So when the prince and Cinderella walk past all the other people at the palace towards the back of the room, 
and the dance at the end starts, we don't see them again after that. We like, sure we spun don't. her around. She turned out to have a beautiful dress. They hold hands and they just walk out. They walk off screen. Yep, that is the last time ending. we see them. Yep. This was a ride. Yes. So the movie just ends real abruptly right there. So I guess now, I guess we're done with this now. I guess. I, I guess. The ending of these always comes so abruptly, but I feel like this one came extra abruptly. Well, it's not just that it happened without a resolution to Cinderella and the Prince in the sense like we didn't get a kiss, we didn't get a wedding or church bells or whatever. There wasn't anything to signal to us that the story was about to end. And then also visually, it was very sudden. It didn't seem like a natural conclusion to the scene. It seemed like it was cut in half. Yeah. So I guess, what are your highs and lows? Oh, okay. I guess so. So I have two highs. Okay. Can I do that? Sure. Is that cheating? No, I don't. I mean, we make up the rules here, so. Okay, great. Uh, So my first one is I loved all the practical effects. I thought that they were just absolutely delightful. They were very clever. They were much more intricate than I was expecting. I just, I was very charmed by them. Mm-hmm. My second high is anytime somebody had to mime something out in order to get like the meaning across, like anytime somebody pointed at their foot or did a little jig to like symbolize that there's going to be a ball. I just, I, it tickled me. I liked it. Those, those were some pretty funny pantomimes. I, I cannot disagree. Uh, my low is the cavorting demon man. Not because he was creepy, but because I didn't understand who he was. And I just, out of all of my questions that I have, most of them are about him. Like, whose side is he on? Is he magic in and of himself? Is he like a demon that's been captured by the fairy? And that's why he delights in, like, taking away Cinderella's stuff. I don't know, like, what's his deal? What's going on? That's my low. Those are all really great questions. What about you? What are your highs and lows? So my high is definitely the carriage. The carriage was phenomenal. This is the best carriage we've ever seen. I don't know how many of these we've watched now. I think it's going to be almost 40. But this is my favorite carriage. It was so beautiful. It was so beautifully carved. It was so intricate. And again, the transition was so well done. Just multi-parted, smooth, but discrete points I don't know it was beautiful I really loved it Mm -hmm. pretty much all the set actually the backdrops in this movie especially for the house were really beautiful so I really like the set but in the palace there's this gorgeous chandelier I did not even see the chandelier I was so confused by everything (laughs) my lows I think I really didn't like that there was a father I mean it was sort of off put by the fact that she does not seem to be abused in any way we sort of see the stepmother and stepsisters be kind of mean to her and we see her crying a lot and she's obviously living a poorer lifestyle than they are but we see the father like dry her tears and be nice to her and tell the rest of the palace that no come try the shoe on this other girl that i've got in the kitchen Mm. but no that doesn't fix it for me (laughs) no i think it makes it slightly better but than it could have been potentially but yeah I I don't like it I don't like it when the dad is alive and present and part of the story he needs to not be alive and present and part of the story he really needs to be dead I agree 100% Mm -hmm. 
Kill the dad. Kill the dad. That's going to be our motto. <laughs> Welcome to the Cinderella podcast. Kill the dad. So, what would you change about this movie? More titles, more title cards. I just, it doesn't have to be dialogue, although I like it when there's dialogue, but I would like it if there was like exposition cards that said, once upon a time, there lived, and then tell us what the family situation is. Agreed. I would have loved a couple of more title cards with a prettier font. Yeah, uh, they could have looked nicer. They could My have goodness. Been, yes. Uh, yeah, I also would have loved to see more title cards. Just like, this is the most beautiful woman on the ball. Okay, great. Now I know who she is. It would have been helpful to know like who the characters were. Like Sometimes they do like dramatis persona. Yeah. One of the characters, we didn't mention it, who is talking to the prince while he's having his temper tantrum after the wall demolition scene is wearing a like two foot tall black pointy conical hat oh i thought that was his mother was that his mother he appeared to strike the person and kick them in the butt and kick them off the stage so like i thought i don't know i thought that was the queen and that's why she had a silly hat i thought maybe that was like the town crier or something or like the physician who was coming to cure him of his depression the shoe base like we've seen in other old cinderellas where like the prince is sick with love and they try to take the shoe away in our defense this was happening in a movie that's over a hundred years old in a tiny screen within a tiny screen because <laughs> we were seeing it through a hole in the wall literally yes on our computers so yes. this is so yeah i thought it was the queen <laughs> i thought it was the physician we can compromise. Maybe the queen is a physician. Oh, I agree. Okay, cool. That was his mother. Doctor mom. Doctor mom. Okay, great. Great. What would you like to change? I mean, I would like to kill the dad. Mm-hmm. I would like him to not be there, and I would like her position to be. I would like her relationship to the step family to make more sense. Oh, absolutely. Because they move around her very quickly a bunch of times. But they move around her so quickly that it's not clear what's happening. It would be very easy for someone to just, literally for the sisters to just do a tug of war with her. Or to just take something from her hands and then laugh about it uproariously to one another for long enough that I know what's happening. Yes. The motions could have been more exaggerated. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I wish they had been more caricature-like. Well, the step family and the stepmother were, they did almost no pantomiming all the pantomiming was done by the father and the messenger and the terrifying goblin demon man Mm -hmm. so the women didn't really do any pantomiming at all other than their silly falling over while trying to get the shoe on shtick so i never knew what they were doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i agree so will you ever be watching this again i think twice was enough i i think i'm i think i'm good how about you Oh, absolutely. This was super fun. I'm definitely going to watch this again. I had a really good time. I thought this was excellent. Good. Do you think our listeners should watch this? I want our listeners to watch this and then tell us what they think happened, because I think we need to expand our sample size. Absolutely. I'm super curious to what you guys think is happening in this movie, because it is not clear. No. But yeah, definitely give it a watch. A lot of fun. Real short, 15 minutes. It's on YouTube. It's the one from 1907. 15 minutes long. Super easy. It is definitely worth 15 minutes of your time, I think. 100%, yeah. So what final grade would you give this movie? I think this is a B- minus for me. It was just too confusing. 
to get a higher grade and that's the only reason everything okay. else I really liked about it I thought the character designs were good I thought the scenery was beautiful the effects were really great I just didn't know what was happening too often mm -hmm. that's fair what about you uh, I'm, I'm giving this an a minus I thought this was excellent oh. so many things about it startled me in like an interesting way in a way that a lot of old films don't like I wasn't expecting the wall to explode yes true that definitely caught my interest for a while I wasn't expecting a statue to turn into a goblin man that confused me I wasn't expecting the um the ball to be outdoors in a park at midnight with no lights I'm I'm fascinated this movie made me think a lot <laughs> which I really appreciate and it's really hard to do in old movies because old movies are very often just like look a pose look at the pose and now a title card to explain the pose and they're lovely and they're old and they are what they are and some of them are excellent and some of them are terrible but this one really made me think i was i was having a great time and the costumes were incredible the mm -hmm. sets were excellent the effects were excellent i can't give it higher than an a minus because it was really hard to follow and the dad was still alive but i okay. thought it was great you know what would have probably bumped it up to an A minus for me as well? What? If they had zoomed in on their faces at any point. That would have been really helpful because they're visually very hard to distinguish. And by very hard, I mean impossible. Yeah, like I wish I knew what the prince looked like. I don't even know if he's cute. I know he's thin and he's got sort of shoulder length floof hair. I would totally wear the prince's outfit. I thought his outfit was amazing. It was a very beautiful outfit. Mm -hmm. Well, it's almost midnight, so thanks for joining us. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you, so follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes, or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod, and you can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we watching next week? I've been looking forward to this one for so long. We're going to be watching another German one. So we're going to be watching Aschenputtel from 2011. This Ooh. one is most commonly translated into French. So we're going to be watching a German movie that's been dubbed into French with English subs. Great. <laughs> but it looks, it looks beautiful. It looks, the film quality looks phenomenal. It looks like it's going to be pretty dark. Oh, so I like I'm, dark. I'm really excited. I've been wanting to watch this one since we started the podcast, and I'm I'm absolutely pumped. If this one disappoints me, I'm going to be heartbroken. Oh boy, uh, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, movie. Well, until then, we hope you have a happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs>